All right. She was looking at me like she was just going to sit there this morning when she handed me the bulk of the scripture references, which maybe we'll do that one of these days. We'll just let her pick the verses, and I don't even see them till I get up here like the hymns, and then we just see what God says. But week three of our conversations on, on Advent, the, this is the week set aside for joy. And... Uh, the the people who light the candles, you know, they they call this the shepherd's candle, and I I'm not going to pretend that I know all about those traditions because they're not mine. Uh, and, and I already told you I'm not going to light a lot of candles up here because until candlelight service, I don't have the go ahead to play with fire in the building, and, and that's really more her story, but. We'll tell that another time. Uh, but joy, uh, we we got to experience a little bit of that at the the breakfast table today as the twins open birthday gifts. And I don't think anyone expresses joy as well as a five-year-old. And I'm glad it wasn't anything in a big box because parents get to see the joy of them opening the box and setting the toy aside and playing with the box with great joy. So we, we didn't do anything in a big box. So, But the, the thought that, that hit me as, as we got ready for this is, is Christmas is a, a time for us as Christians to show the world joy in a world of hurt. And it... It relates the Christmas story to me in a powerful way because the the entire world was in a world of hurt. And Jesus was born, and one of the first things announced to the shepherds by the angels was that great joy had come into the world. Last week we talked about peace. The incarnate version of peace was standing on earth for the first time. And now the angel said that, that his birth would mark the beginning of joy to all people. And, and we'll talk more about that as we go. But it's very easy after our time of prayer to look at just our little world right here and, and to be able to see that it's a world that's full of hurt. There, there's some hurting people right here with us and and we're called as Christians to to share the joy of Jesus in the middle of their hurt this was yours okay because I can't just read the one verse though (laughs) I'm sorry I can't just read the one verse okay Psalm chapter 30 um where do I, how far back do I want to go? I don't know. I'm not the one who picked out those verses. You're going to have to open your Bible. I will extol thee, O Lord, for thou hast lifted me up and hast not made my foes to rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. O Lord, thou hast brought up my soul from the grave, and thou hast kept me alive, that I should not go down to the pit. 
Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. For his anger endureth but a moment, in his favor is life. But weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Um, and this song was written when David got to move into his house. And it was interesting to me to think about that because David had to run and hide and not get to do. Um, he knew he was called to be king, but he couldn't live in that calling for so long. And finally, he's at this point where he is king and he has a home and he's able to dedicate it. And he says, um, his anger is but for a moment and his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. Um, I think you've probably all experienced this, maybe recently, that when you don't feel good, it's like worse in the evening. Anybody ever had that experience? You got a sunburn and you're going through the day and you're okay, but somehow you lay down and you try to go to sleep and it's just like a thousand times worse. Or you're, this happens, I don't know, I have to call the principal at like 6 o'clock because in the morning, because somebody is feeling great, oh, yay, fabulous, and then at like 1 in the morning, they're bad. <laughs> then the, I don't know, what, what is that? And I, um, that's just a physical thing, but here David is talking about, uh, and physical things as well for him that he had to walk through and be sorrowful. But when he got to the end of that season... There was joy. Um, Titus woke me up about 5.45 this morning because he knew that it was his birthday in the morning. And he was very distraught that morning wasn't here yet. Even though it technically was because it was 5.45. But, um, and it was still dark outside. And I was like, you've got to go to bed. And he like sat on the couch and said, somebody, anybody. And he was just like... Desperate that there would be morning and it would be his birthday. And I spanked him and sent him back to bed. And, uh, <laughs> uh, because it wasn't morning yet. It wasn't morning. It was. But um, so, so we, we kind of long for that beginning, a new beginning of something. And here David has this new beginning. And the birth of Jesus was such a new beginning where people had waited and waited and waited and wept and wondered and hoped, and finally Jesus came, and so the joy came with that. And in Luke, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Great joy for all the people. And... And sometimes we we struggle with that because we're human and we don't like everybody. If you like everybody, you're better than me, I guess, because because there there's people I genuinely don't like, and there, there's nothing scriptural against not liking people. I have to love them. I have to love them enough to share the gospel with them. I'm called to pray for them. But the Bible was very clear to pray for your enemies. Do you like your enemies? You can still not like people and pray for them. It's a great conundrum of Christianity, but 
did you did you realize when when you started looking at the story of Christmas that the joy of who Jesus is is for the people you don't like, for your enemies, for people who will never accept him. That joy was still for them. All the people. Rich, poor, diverse ethnicities, diverse cultures, religions. If you're a human being, that joy was for you. Isaiah prophesied about this and, and he said, Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitant of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. How many times on our bad days do we think, man, I just need to think more positive. Anybody ever said that to yourself? I need to think more positive today. Well, I'll give you something even better. You know, Quit thinking about thinking positive and go to what you know. You know that Jesus came for you. The the great and holy one of Israel lives in me. And I know we're not Pentecostal, but you can practice that shouting sometimes. I'm telling you, if you're in a tractor plowing a field, you can shout for joy because your sins are forgiven. The holy one of Israel dwells in you. A friend of mine was talking yesterday and he said in his prayer time, he got really convicted and, and he was talking to the Lord and he said, I'm, I'm sorry for all the times I forget that you dwell in me. And he said the, the Spirit of God came and spoke to him very quickly and said, I don't forget, you just refuse to acknowledge me. And I think sometimes as Christians, we, we're really guilty of that. We, we refuse to acknowledge that Jesus should be what we find joy in. Everything else is just kind of fun and physical pleasure to a sense. But Jesus is where our true joy should be found. Because as much as I wish I were standing before my five-year-olds when I get to heaven, I'm going to be standing before the throne of Jesus Christ. And I'm either going to be happy to be there because I know who sits on the throne, or I'm going to be terrified because... That's not where I found my joy. And think about what the the shepherds were told on that hillside. That the one they'd waited for was there. I'm telling you, I, I don't think I'll have to be afraid when I stand before the throne because I'm waiting for that day now. But I don't want to be found guilty of not finding joy in Him here. Because before I got saved was as close to hell as I'll ever be. In this life, I wasn't called to get bogged down in the struggle and the the cares and the sorrows of this life, the grief and the hurt. I was called to walk through it with joy and we're going to get to that in a second. I'm about to steal a verse and I'll get in trouble. But you won't get in trouble. 
For other things. But I'll get in trouble for other things. <laughs> but it, it it ties right into you know some of James's teaching, and and we we all don't like James, okay? And it, it, it's fair to say that James is one of the toughest teachers in the Bible because he grew up in the house with Jesus, and you know, can you imagine? James, why can't you be more like Jesus? Well, you know, I, I can't imagine what it was like growing up with him in your house. But James tells us to count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness or patience, and let steadfastness or patience have its full effect or perfect work, that you may be made perfect or mature and complete, lacking in nothing. That is the most anti-Christmas message I have ever seen advertised. Because, you know, I, I had to gripe at my kids yesterday while I had football on, quit watching the commercials. Quit watching the commercials. Just do something else when the commercials come on. Because the commercials are always designed to try and make you get something A, you don't need, or designed to make you unsatisfied with what you have. And, and they're not going to, you know, nothing they advertise there is going to bring you a joy that will last. How many of you have had the joy of a new car? Not just on Christmas, but at any time. New to you car. Okay, that first car you had, remember how joyful you were about it? How about the first time it got a flat tire? Were you still joyful? The, the first time you had to replace all four tires, were you joyful? First time that clunker broke down and you had to push it. If you haven't had to push your car, you really haven't lived. Okay? We, we have that joyful moment and it goes away quickly. But the kind of joy that we have in Jesus allows us to go through the hard things in life knowing a, like we already talked about, it's a season. And seasons change. Seasons don't go on forever and ever. Uh, I don't know how many of you were rejoicing about the rain at the football game Friday night. I, I was very flustered that we didn't have a stadium here at Gate. We could play that football game if it's going to bring rain like that. Because the, the rain they were talking about on the radio, they were like, it's running down the steps of the stadium. And I thought... I know a few fields right there by gate that could use a rain like that. So that, that's our next big service project. We're going to build a big field with turf, and we're going to host state championships. Probably not, but, but the, the seasons that are going to change in your life, when, when you're in the middle of it, it's, it's kind of hard to find that joy if, if you don't understand that that Jesus was the embodiment of joy. When he was born, the angels were talking about there being joy to the world and to all men. And that same Jesus, that same baby who was born in a manger, lives in us. That's how we can count it all joy. When we go through things, because A, we're not going through them alone. And like I mentioned in prayer, we're going through them with a high priest 
who knows exactly how we feel. And I gave you all these verses because I knew you would want them. Okay, <laughs> Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Um, so not only can joy sustain us in the middle of what's going on, but it can also motivate us to keep going. And so Jesus had this joy that he held on to. And what was that? That was that he was going to have a relationship with us, which amazes me that what he was looking forward to was this reconciliation with his creation. But he held that in front of him, and that allowed him to keep going. Um, and the writer of Hebrews says, we have all these people. If you rewind to chapter 11, it's all about people who had faith. Moses who had faith and Abraham who had faith and um, people that he doesn't even name everyone. All these people, it would take him too long to name everyone. We're surrounded by all these people who had faith. And since we have those people around us, let's keep going. Um, and let's try to get rid of some of the stuff that weighs us down and the sin that slows us down and let's keep going and use Jesus as our example. Um, to put one foot in front of the other. I, I had a coworker who I saw and Titus was telling her that his birthday was today. And she said, I bet you're glad that they're like getting older and you, can, you know, catch your breath a little bit, I suppose. And I think about that season when they were tiny, and JJ jokes about how little I slept in that season, but it really was just do the next thing, just whatever the next thing is. Is the next thing eat something? Do that. Is the next thing feed a baby? Do that. And that was the next thing a lot, but is the next thing change a diaper? Do that. It was just, and, and we all have seasons like that, and even, uh, you know, when you're in the middle of grief, it very much feels like that. Just Whatever the next thing is in front of me, I just do it. Um, and when we're in a spot like that, we can look to Jesus and we can look to other people at, who saw joy out in front of him and said, you know, I've got something to work for. I've got something to keep moving. Um, not that any of it was good. He endured the cross and he despised the shame, but he kept going through it. Because he knew that in the end there was something. And we were talking in Sunday school about how do we help people understand the reality of our belief and who Jesus is. Um, and I think some of it is that we look forward to something. We look forward to something. We don't just have this moment um, of life, good or bad. And sometimes it's not bad at all. Um, Sometimes it's really, really great, but we have something to continue to look forward to, just like Jesus did. And the the King James, uh, in I believe it's verse twelve or verse two, there says, "Looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith." 
and um, if every story in the book of your life, if every chapter was just a happy story, is that really an interesting book to read? The, the thing is, is that sometimes we get stuck in a, a chapter of our life that is good or bad, and we just want to stay there. And that there's more to your story. And I, I, I hope that we, we take the, the story of Christmas and <clears throat> we tie it to our story in a personal way. That, that in this chapter of my life, I'm going to choose to find joy Maybe it's something good. I mean, there were a lot of people pretty joyful Friday night when the lightning finally stopped flashing. There were a lot of people that were joyful. I, I was pretty joyful because I was sleeping by that time. Uh, I really thought about pulling out, you know, trying to stay awake and then go honk at the bus as it came through Buffalo and disturb the peace a little bit. Remind everybody from Buffalo that I grew up in Laverne. <clears throat> They, they know. They don't have to be reminded. They tell me about it all the time and ask me how weird it is. And it's not weird. It wasn't a rivalry when I was a kid. The, the rivalry had died, and I don't really think it's coming back. Praise the Lord. Uh, but Jesus and the, the founder and perfecter of our faith is good, but I like author and finisher because... If you've ever been in a house that's being remodeled or, or being built, it doesn't look right until the finishing work begins. And, and I, I'm really joyful that, that as we mature in Christ, we start to see some of that finishing work in our life where, where we're not... intimidated by things that used to intimidate us. We're, we're not afraid to ask someone if they need prayer. We're not afraid to tell people about the gospel. We're, we're not afraid that all those little things that used to nag and pick at our, our peace start to lose their voice in our life. And, and that's when we start to experience joy because we know that those hard things, those, those things that James talked about are part of the finishing process. You can't put up good finishing work in a house without sanding it. And I hate running a sander. That's why I'm not a carpenter. I, I, I can't do sanding. I I can do it. I just don't like it. I, I, I don't really like laying flooring. It, it goes deep in my family. I don't really like mopping floors anymore, and I've done it my whole life. But it's finish work. What's the finish work of your life looking like for this Christmas season? Finishing this 
this thought today is 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 joy in the wrapping paper or is it just beyond the wrapping paper the the gift of yourself that you're sharing with other people are you letting them go beyond the wrapping paper are you letting them inside the shell so they can understand your joy your joy is not in how you look it's not in how you dress it's not in what you have it's in who you know in jesus christ are you sharing that gift with the world you got anything Mm -hmm. heavenly father thank you for today lord 